In today's gospel, we heard the Beatitudes, which are some of the most uh, recognized lines in all the Bible, let alone the gospel according to Matthew. Now, at this point, in Matthew's account of Jesus' ministry, we are in the early stages of Jesus' public work. He's just gathered his disciples, and he's been teaching in the synagogues and uh, healing individuals of all sorts of illnesses. Uh, people uh, are starting to come from all over to see Jesus. His fame has increased. And we've, we really haven't heard much to this point of anything uh, of Jesus' public teachings. We just know that through all this healing and teaching in the synagogue, his fame is spreading like wildfire. So with this particular piece of scripture, we finally get to hear what it is Jesus has to say. The, the Beatitudes and Sermon on the Mount serve as a springboard for all that will follow in the gospel. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn the meek. Blessed are those who thirst for righteousness, the peacemakers, the merciful, the pure in heart. Blessed are the reviled, the persecuted. It is some list. And put in context of Jesus' ministry and Jesus' time, we can see that Jesus is pronouncing God's favor on many who were generally considered to be outside of God's favor. Typically, wealth, power, and prestige are, are signs, or seen as signs of God's blessing. And if you did not have those things, you were considered to be outside of God's blessings. Not so, says Jesus. Not so. Jesus is telling them that the kingdom of heaven is upon them. God's kingdom is upon them. And this kingdom is radically different from what we imagine. And the Beatitudes highlight these differences. God has given favor to those who seemingly have nothing but are reliant on God. Somehow over the years, however, the Beatitudes have come to mean something else for many. For some, they are a set of maxims, a set of wise sayings from our wise teacher, Jesus. And if we somehow live by these maxims, we will be happier people. And one can find the Beatitudes on plaques in various kitchens or superimposed on some art and hanging in people's living rooms. And my apologies to those. I'm not making fun of you if you have them in your house right now. But it's the idea that there are these simple teachings and, and we post them up and, and it make us feel good. If we follow them, we'll be happier. For others, they have become a set of rules given to us by Jesus something of a to-do list in order to gain God's blessing and eventual entry into heaven. It's a simple formula. We want to go to heaven when we die. We do what Jesus says, and God will grant us God's favor, and one day we will wind up in the kingdom of heaven. I find neither scenario to be particularly helpful. For starters, if we consider the idea of mourning, there are, are many in mourning that go uncomforted. It is rare that the meek inherit anything, let alone large pieces of real estate. 
those seeking justice often continue to seek that justice right to their graves. And I find no joy in being persecuted. So if these are teachings, timeless teachings for a happy life, there are a lot of difficulties that are not being considered when it comes to happiness. On the other side, if this is a to-do list in order to receive God's blessing, it is a list that many find heavy and taxing over time. Are we poor enough in spirit? Are we pure enough in heart? Have we been committed enough towards making peace? Are we mourning enough? And this approach gives many a sense of a letdown or some sort of guilt because we all feel that we fall short of this list. In either case, as beautiful as they are, as poetic as they are, the Beatitudes become distorted and then play into this mindset that we are not good enough. And this idea is damaging. The truth is, for many, that we already feel like we are falling short without even considering the list. We already have a hard time thinking that God would want to bless us in the first place. We're undeserving. We're aware of our faults, our limitations, our failures. It's that sense that if if people really knew about me, if they really knew what I was all about, they they wouldn't like me. They would find failure within me. They would find some sort of fraud within me. And if we're aware of our shortcomings, then surely God is aware too and would not give us a free pass. So we feel left out because it is difficult to believe in that unconditional love when we live in a world in which almost everything is conditional. And it's only natural to think when we see the Beatitudes that this is just another set of conditions to meet. Let's be clear about what Jesus is doing here. He's not setting up a list of conditions. He's proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven is near. God's kingdom is near. And it's not some space that we are waiting to float off to when we die. It is a place where God's inbreaking of love is coming into the world right now. It's a new system, a God's new system that is breaking into the world right now. And it's a system that changes everything. And Jesus is including into this kingdom a whole swath of people who are normally considered excluded. In short, Jesus is pronouncing God's blessing on on people, all kinds of people, the down and out, the marginalized, the forgotten, the failures. Jesus is letting us know that God can be found in places where we least expect, with the people we least expect. And if God is blessing the least of us, then God will be everywhere, enveloping all of us, all of creation. All of creation will be wrapped in the embrace of God's love and mercy. We all can receive this happy news. This blessing existed since day one. We only have to accept it. Creation is good. Life is good. Things will work out. And no matter how tough things 
seem at times, no matter how much we fail, no matter our shortcomings, God will be with us, carrying us. This is something I think each of us would do well to remember. There are, unfortunately, many among us and elsewhere that forget this and feel left out. Each day I encounter people on the streets of Atlanta that have given up hope. Each week I encounter teens and families that are stressed and worried and confused about where God is in their lives. I've spent time with people in the hospital and on their deathbeds, and they've asked me if God will accept them. My wife recently lost a friend to cancer, and uh, she had stayed in contact with her friend's husband, and, and he recently had a dream that he shared with her that he, he saw his wife, and there she was, and she was looking radiant and beautiful and restored, and he had to ask her, am I good enough? Am I good enough? So there's a sense of inadequacy among many of us. One of the things that separates us from God, what makes us less than what we can be, is the constant thinking that we are somehow unloved or unwanted by God or unworthy of God's grace. When we start believing that lie, we close ourselves off from the goodness and the possibilities before us. Will God accept us? Will God accept us? The answer, of course, is yes. It is yes for all of us. Yes for each of us here today and tomorrow. God created us to bless us, not to abandon us. And if we can accept that, if we can believe that and trust in it, then perhaps we can begin to live into that vision of the kingdom a little more freely, less anxiously. Perhaps we can relax and become even more of a blessing to those around us. We can get into the business of embodying God's grace and become agents of God's work in our world and even find joy along the way. Joy is the business of bringing about God's kingdom by being a blessing to others. The Beatitudes are not about merely the power of positive thinking. They're not about earned grace. They're not about cheap grace. Jesus paid with his life on the cross. And our crosses will come too. Because the kingdom has not totally broken through yet. But we can face our difficulties. We can face our crosses with the knowledge that we are included in God's grace. All things will work out for our good and for the good of the world. These are God's promises for all who struggle. These are God's promises for those who have failed, for those whose self-dependence is exhausted, and whose only recourse is grace. We've all been there. The Beatitudes remind us that God delights to bless and redeem all of us. We are blessed beyond measure. We are God's beloved. These are promises for us 
by the one who has always been faithful to us. Accept the promises. Accept the promises. And become the blessing.